You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray, and believe it or not, my name is Ray, and I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray. And I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank everybody who's tuning in here. It is Monday, January 17th, 2022. And you have tuned in to two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. Talking Football with Ray is a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Check out my NFL blogs and podcast over at DeanBlundell.com. Go follow me on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Follow the business account on Twitter at Talking with Ray. That's run by me and Mikey N. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash DPN Sports. Uh, why don't you join the Patreon club? Become a member, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Perks of the, of the joining the membership. Uh, number one, if I don't have a 710 guest, which I do tonight, you have the opportunity to come on the show. You can come on every Friday show and we do the Patreon Hangout. That's the podcast. You are guaranteed to have your questions and comments answered on the podcast by Mike and myself. Make sure that you check out the audio podcast over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. All the links are in the description of this video and podcast. And guys, don't forget, smash that like button, hit subscribe. You don't want to miss a single episode of Talking Football with Ray. Really excited, guys. This Friday, the new legit merch line is going to drop on the merch store haven't had merch since connor left the show so it's crazy excited that we're able to uh, get that back i was also on the dean blundell show for like two hours today go check that out on his youtube channel dean blundell show i believe on youtube go check it out there how's everybody doing are you uh are you over the whole patriots loss yet does it still hurt do you need a little bit of uh, therapy tonight? We held a therapy session Saturday night, Sunday morning, however you want to classify it. Mike N, McChicken, and myself. And uh, we want to do that again tonight when Connor comes on. Looking forward to that. By the way, uh, got a couple of guests tonight, man. Got Kevin Gerard coming on at 710. Dolphins fan was cheering for the Patriots against the Bills. One of the funniest people you will ever meet in your entire life. And of course, Connor Carney coming on, former uh, co host of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. Big shout out to Joe in the chat. Uh, Send us a super sticker. Of course, we can never see the super stickers. Mini High Man says he's looking forward to the therapy session. We'll begin the therapy session at 7 30 when Connor comes on. Help me heal. 
that seems to be the uh seems to be the general consensus my man g107 says peace and love everybody don't forget to hit that like button appreciate it man sup ray how was your weekend my brother well <laughs> saturday during the day was good uh some of you might know uh, Thomas. He's a regular on this uh, on this podcast on Friday nights. Patreon member. Him and I both uh, watched the Bundesliga, and his team Cologne was facing my team Bayern Munich. Smashed them for nothing. So I thought, oh, this is a good omen for me. Bayern wins. That means you know for sure that uh, the Patriots are going to win. Obviously, uh, didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen you know what i think to me i was expecting i was expecting a loss i was pretty upfront that i believed the patriots were going to lose the game against the bills i wasn't expecting a 40 point deficit and let's face it some of that deficit was erased it could have been higher some of that was erased during uh sort of garbage time let me tell you how i knew what kind of game that game was when Hunter Henry was wide open in the end zone and Mac Jones, who's connected with him over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, when he missed them low and Henry couldn't come up with the ball, that's when he just knew it was that type of game. Other than that weekend was good. Sunday enjoyed three games, a super wild card weekend. I think we said all said goodbye to uh, Ben Roethlisberger. Kansas City absolutely smashed Pittsburgh last night. Besides that, the Cowboys cowboyed themselves, which I totally expected to happen. And Tampa smashed Philly, which I expected to happen. Speaking of that Dallas game. Now, I had a douchebag haircut not long ago. Now I'm just number one. Clean. Clean haircut. But I had the like shaved head, the ponytail, little cut in the side. Kind of like this guy's haircut, except what the fuck is happening with those two things on the side? But that's every Dallas Cowboy fan yesterday. Every Cowboy fan, just miserable. The funny part was, too, is when they were moving down the field, when San Francisco looked like they were doing everything they could to try to give the the win to Dallas, I tweeted out, oh, good for the Cowboys giving all the uh, Dallas fans false hope. That's all it was, people. It was all false hope. Don't think it was anything more than that. <laughs> oh, man. Marcus says, Chief over the Bills, and then the Chiefs are done. A little bit of an interesting game there. Number one, I think it's two great teams. It's going to be, <clears throat> for the football peers, it's going to be just a phenomenal game. But let me know what you guys think. I want to know, are you cheering for the Bills or are you cheering for the Chiefs? Because those are two teams that have not been friendly for Patriots fans. So I'm wondering who you guys are cheering for. Shout out to my boy McChicken who said, the douche look may be gone, but the attitude still remains. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a douche. I'm a troll. That's two completely different things. Come on. 
Patriots got a uh, Patriots got an interesting offseason coming up. You know, all last year we kept saying that they all oh, this is Bill Belichick's most important offseason. And I agreed that it was. I'm not going to be going nuts with insanity saying that you know, saying this is his most important offseason because it's not. Last year was. We had to address the quarterback situation. He had to address receivers. He had to address the defense. There's a lot to address. But it's still important. He's still got some he's still got some work to do. I think I gotta concede that my man, Dante Hightower, Finito, finished, done, maybe. I mean, like, in my heart, I want Hightower to come back because he's just, that's my heart. Love High, favorite player. My head, though, tells me it's probably time to say goodbye. So we have to see. Like I said, we got my man, Kevin Gerard, coming on. Funniest, funniest mother effer you're ever going to see in your life. But it's going to be a, it's going to be a game. Colin Coward came out today and said, uh, don't be surprised if the Patriots move on from Mac Jones. Belichick wants to win. He wants a winner. Doesn't have that in Mac Jones. I wish I had the balls to be that stupid. That's what I'm going to say. We finally got snow here in Toronto, by the way, people. And uh, look at it. We got one day's worth of snow, or we got like half a winter's worth of snow today. And I think Kev is from Ottawa, so he might be laughing at me because they get they get snow up there. Anyways, he's in the waiting room, so I'm going to cut to uh, to a quick break here. Hear about my partners and sponsors over at Ultra Game. And when we return, we're going to have, I'm going to say, probably the funniest uh, online guy I've met yet. And having Kev and then Connor back-to-back is just a night that I feel like I'm not going to be able to breathe by the end because I'm laughing so hard. So let's hear from Ultra Game. When we come back, we will have Kevin. Hey. Talking Football with Ray is brought to you by my partners over at Ultra Game. Guys, gear yourself up with NFL and NBA gear from my friends over at Ultra Game. They're one of the largest distributors of licensed NFL apparel in the U.S. Listen, you know when you're grabbing your gear, you want it to be licensed. None of that knockoff junk. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. They have something for everybody. So go gear yourself up today with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description. Like I said, every time I see that ad, you can just tell where I am in my life right now and how I've just given up. Again, I should have had the smoke burning hanging out of my mouth just to show how much I've given up. I did that on my kitchen table lying down. I mean, like I didn't even have the ball. Like I didn't have the like the energy to lift up the mic. Anyways, uh, listen, don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe. I'm live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Two hours of nothing but unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest tonight is named Kevin Gerard. I hope I'm saying his last name right. 
I took a guess. Kevin Gerard, you can find him, follow him at Twitter at Kevin Gerard13. He's absolutely hilarious. No connection to any social media sites. I don't believe he's just fucking hilarious. I met him over on the Rico Report. Ladies and gentlemen, uh talking football with Ray's audience. I gotta give you guys a name, like the Ray's family or Ray's crew, something like that. Uh please welcome Kevin. Kevin, <laughs> welcome to the on? show, man. Thanks for being here. There's so much pressure now. Imagine if I just came on and I was just completely deadpan. You're like, he's so funny. And I was just it just happened to be a coincidence that night that you were funny. It was just that one night it actually happened. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That was it. I I shot my shot. You know, I I, I wasn't using the Bart uh, Scott method. Uh, so I got nothing, nothing left in the tank. Oh, actually, I might be right now, so I can't stand up. Who knows? You know. There you go. So That's first time that we met, uh, you caught me on a bad night. And oh, yeah. I think I told I called told you you're full of shit three times and swore at you and and uh that's not me. So it was really surprising how it came out that night. And so when I met with Rico, I was on Rico's show yesterday. And I was like, see, this is why I got mad when you guys were trying to tell me that the Patriots were good when I was on your show. Uh you were but you were every Buffalo, you were Buffalo's favorite Dolphins fan, as as we know fellow Canuck, which I'm really excited about. I don't get a lot of Canadians on this show. You were cheering for the Patriots because we live in Buffalo Bills country here and uh, Buffalo Bills fans believe that they're the uh, six-time champions or something, the way they're all acting and going around. We all thought it's going to be a tight, close game regardless of where it goes anyway. Uh, it was pretty close. It was only a 40-point deficit. How Were you shocked that Buffalo absolutely just fucking pounded the shit out of the Patriots on Saturday? God, let me just start by saying, I fuck, I hate the Bills Mafia. Like, I, most annoying fan base in the history of sports. Jesus, they piss me off, entitled pricks. They win two divisions in 70 years, and all of a sudden they talk. Ah, oh, God, they drive me nuts. So, you know, you guys won six titles. I, I don't know if these people know, but I'm a Dolphins fan, right? So we're, we're getting used to being stomped on for, like, a long time. We don't like you guys too much because, you know, you're a little bit cocky, but you've earned it. You've earned it. Oh, my God. I hate these guys. Anyways, I was surprised by the game. I was definitely pulling for you guys. Um, you kind of knew when Bolden dropped that pass that it might not have been your night. There was a flagrant holding that they didn't call to on uh, Deion Dawkins early in the game extended the bills. The bills got a good pass off of it and they went down. I don't know, man. Once, uh, once they got up a couple scores, you kind of knew it wasn't going to be your night again. Cause you're not really built to come back. No. And I, I talked about that on, on a lot of Buffalo shows last week and I got to do the rounds this week. And, I, they keep telling me I got to come eat humble pie. And I'm like, I kept telling you guys all week you're going to win. I don't understand what humble pie I'm supposed to eat. I'm like, you guys got to eat humble pie because you told me it was going to be a three-point game. So I said, let's just uh, go that way. But I got a text from a buddy on the Micah Hyde interception, and he texted me, game over. And mm -hmm. he's a Patriots fan. And I was like, okay, relax, bud. Like, it's it's 7 nothing. You know, like, chill. And then when Buffalo just drove the field and scored again, another buddy of mine messages, he's like, game over. And at that point, I'm like, yep. Yeah. I'm like two scores in eight minutes into the game. I can turn this off. Now that game was 110% over two minutes into the second quarter. Like I saw no way of the Patriots coming back. It, it was just, I, I was flabbergasted by how poor a bill Belichick defense could look against the, against Buffalo. But let me ask you this. 
because I was on Rico show again yesterday and I said to him outside of Aaron Rodgers, who's a better quarterback in the NFL right now. Now this was before Patrick Mahomes performance last night as well. Now, you know, he had a five touchdown yeah. game. However, there was something about Josh Allen that just looked so special against the Patriots in that wild card game. I don't know if it's because they were at home. I don't know if it's because I'm a Patriots fan. I don't know if it's because we lost by 40 points. I don't know what it was, but I just watched Josh Allen. I walked away going like, that's the MVP that I think we were all kind of waiting for. What did you think specifically of Josh Allen's performance on Saturday? And do you think it's something he could carry over to the Chiefs game next week? Yeah, the problem with Allen, well, a problem because, you know, we're opposing fan bases. But the thing about Allen is when you when you think you haven't stopped, it's those runs. It's those runs that kill you. It's the the 26, the 35 yard, he doesn't just scramble for a first down. Like he's getting chunk gains. And I feel like that really demoralizes the defenses like right off the hop. Like there was a couple of plays where it looked like you kind of had them contained and then he just takes off and he gets those first downs. And when you combine that with his ability to throw, it's uh it's a definitely a, a tough combination. So last week, you spent time trying to talk me off the ledge as I was trying to tell you the bill, the Patriots, yeah. you know, what everything was wrong with them. And then I took my turn talking you off the ledge about Tua and, and, and the dolphins. And I think sometimes when you're in opposing fan base, especially when it's in a division, there's just, you kind of look at the other team in different ways. And you're always trying, you almost try to look at their, if you're a smart fan, you try to look at their strengths and try to figure like, how can this guy fuck me next year? You know what I mean? Like I look at Josh Allen mm -hmm. and I, I feel bad for you and I, we, we got to deal with him for like the next 10 years. And if he keeps this up, this is, this is going to be a problem. And if Zach Wilson can replicate what we think he is, it's going to become a problem as, as we roll through. But I want to talk about the dolphins for a second. How comfortable are you at all comfortable going forward with Tua? Like I've always said, I think Tua gets shit on way too much, but you you seem to be not on the on the two on the two of bandwagon, I should say. Are you do you think Miami should be looking for a new quarterback? Do you think you can win with Tua? Um, you know, I made a joke at the beginning of the year just to bug Dolphins fans and said Tua's gonna be the third best Alabama quarterback in the NFL this year after Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts. And it's just a coincidence that Mac Jones and Jalen Hurts played playoff football i mean they both got blown out but played playoff football this weekend and Tua didn't how comfortable are you going forward with tua not at all like can you win with him i guess but theoretically you can win with any middle rank quarterback like a ryan Tannehill with tennessee situation which is ironic because that's my ex-quarterback too <laughs> but you know what i mean like you can win if the stars align like you can win if, because he's probably going to get better too. Like he's only played, uh, you know, something like seventeen or eighteen starts. So in in because of the injuries, he played half the year and then he missed of the year. I think he's about twenty starts now. So realistically, he's only a couple of starts ahead of some of these other rookies. But the problem with him is, uh, I don't trust that he can stay healthy, um, and he's not a from all reports, you know, just from what you read, he's not a, he's not a voracious worker. He's not like a film guy. He's not like, and that's what he's sold to be. That's the Mac Jones and the Tua, the, the deal they're trying to sell us is he's not a Josh Allen or a Mahomes, 
but he's going to be like your Tom Brady slash Drew Brees types, right? He's your in the pocket and they're going to, they have to be able to process things better and use the accuracy that they have. And he just doesn't process things fast. So I like, I guess hope is not lost considering that the Dolphins had the worst offensive line in the league, like statistically the worst offensive line in the league last year. And they have no running game what to speak of, which is two advantages Mac Jones had um, in a good offensive line and uh, two really good running backs. Actually, I like James White went down early. That hurts. But even Bolden, I like four of your running backs. All four of those running backs are better than anything Miami's got. So if you build around him, maybe you can win. But like you said, we're watching Josh Allen every week. And when you see that and you see what we have, you see how much harder it's going to be for us to win. So last week I was on with you the same day that Brian Flores was fired and, and you gave me some interesting perspective. I'm going to pop up this this chat here from Big MGM because it's a little bit – it's an interesting comment because it, it doesn't really line up with anything <laughs> that, mm-hmm. that you've kind of said. So he says, the Dolphins sacrificed Flores for Tua. You should uh, you should tell all you need to know – it should, should tell you all you need to know about that front office. Uh Again, it's kind of it doesn't really fit any of your narrative. So, but I'm going to allow you to re- kind of respond to that and yeah. maybe give your little bit of insight that you gave about Flores because we come at it from the defensive coordinator that won a Super Bowl with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. You've been watching him as a head coach. You've been hearing all the stories. So I'll, I'll let you take it. Yeah, this narrative down below is kind of a Mike Florio Patriots fan driven like post that he's really like taken up. It doesn't match what any of the beat writers are saying. It doesn't match what any of the people with connections to the to the team is saying. Basically, from all sounds of it, is is Flores was an a hole. He was a great uh, great coordinator, and he's obviously a good defensive uh, mind. But what we're being told by all the people who are connected to the team is that he was like. Like he told Tua at one point, they should take should have drafted Mac Jones. <laughs> like he's getting into screaming. Was that a true story? Was that a true I, that, story? You never know because that's what's his name. I can't stand that guy uh, Lombardi. So yeah. he's full of shit all the time. But um, you got that. But you got like well documented that he's just screaming in his offense. My issue with Flores is isn't his ability to lead the guys or his ability to craft a defense. My issue with Flores was his inability to put together anything resembling a competent staff. In three years, he had four offensive coordinators. In three years, he had four offensive line coaches. That's more than one a year. And in you consider that you have a was, was a rookie and now a second-year quarterback, and when they entered the season, they didn't have a single – offensive lineman other than Jesse Davis who had started more than 16 games in the NFL. So it was a brand new line. It was a brand new quarterback. It's a rookie Jalen Waddle. You know, it's a very young team and his offensive staff, like he had co-offensive coordinators. Like it, it was ridiculous. And how is any QB or offensive line or how is any young player supposed to develop with that? So what it came down to from what I gather is the coach and the GM sat down with Flores and said, listen, you made, you need to make some changes to your offensive staff. And he said, no, 
And they said, well, it's, you know, you either you make them or we part ways. And Flores stuck to his guns. He said, no, you don't tell me who to hire. I'm keeping my staff. So they said, okay, well, we're going to have to let you go then. Um, from the, that's kind of where it's coming from. That's, that's Miami's version is that his inability to, to connect with any one of the assistants, the constant churning of assistants. We had four assistants leave Miami in his tenure to take the same position on another team, not a promotion. They just said, I want out. I'm going to go do the same thing on another team. It's kind of weird. Unfortunately, that's <laughs> becoming a very uh, similar. It's almost like every reason that every coach on the Bill Belichick coaching tree has to leave their team. It's not because they're failures as coaches or they can't win games. It's because they're assholes. And it's like they all think they have the same clout as Belichick does because they play because they, you know, were a part of the Patriots organization. But you look at Matt Patricia. Uh, I think it was Darius Slay who, when he got traded to the Eagles, said that Matt Patricia was the worst human being he's ever met. You know, like he said, like he's not even a good human being, let alone a coach. And then Brian Flores, really just that whole, because that'd be Belichick's mentality, right? You're not telling me who to hire. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm going to hire my staff. I'm going to do things. And we have a, an issue here that I'm going to be addressing the next couple of days. I'm just working on the piece, but I think that there's a problem with defensive play calling. And Steve Belichick is calling the defense. And I want to see now if, if Bill has the balls to fire his own son, but that's a different day. I want to move to this comment here and I'm going to ask you a question based on what he says. We so said, uh, David said, glad Flores is out of the division. Yeah, he would have been a thorn in our side for years. And I, what a lot of Patriot fans, again, I'm going to come at you from the Patriots narrative. What a yeah. lot of Patriot fans have said is why would you fire a guy who has Bill Belichick's number? Right. Cause I think, uh, he's three of four or, or, or four or five against, yeah, he's like four or five against Belichick. I think Belichick has one or two wins maybe against him. Uh, I've always kind of beat the Patriots in big games since Flores has got there. And we all remember 2019, last game of the year, lose the first seed, have to play wild card weekend, or lose the second seed, have to play wild card weekend. But as a Miami fan, is beating the Patriots the priority anymore? Because Miami got swept from by Buffalo. Buffalo's going to the divisional round. The Patriots and the Dolphins are sitting at home watching the remainder of the playoffs. Is this even about Belichick anymore? Yeah, I was going to say that. No offense, lads, but we're we're not chasing you guys anymore. And the funny thing is, is that our team was built from the beginning back in 2019 to, to beat you guys, right? Everything was to try and, I'm not saying it would have worked with Brady. I'm just saying like that was the philosophy. And uh, he's four and two against New England. And he's one in five against the Bills, including getting swept like they've lost the last five in a row and none of them have been particularly close. So that's kind of the, um, that's another thing, right? That's our big rival. And it's not just that we're losing. Like we look much like you guys did on Saturday. We look like we don't have really any answers. So um, I'm sure that weighed into it too. Guys, we're here with Kevin Gerard. Uh, he claims to be a nobody, but I would love to make him a somebody because he's uh, absolutely phenomenal. Has no, and Rico gave a vouch that he doesn't give often, but he told me off air. He said he this guy knows his fucking football. So when Rico gives me that kind of vouch, I was like, I gotta get this guy on. A the dry humor made me piss my pants that night, and you kind of broke the tension that I brought to the show. And then, uh, but you do know your shit. Uh, <laughs> 
yeah, it's it's funny because when you come from the the Patriot side of things, and I'm seeing this across the fan base, and I'm guilty of it sometimes as well, too. And, and this is I try to be objective as a broadcaster, especially since I joined the Dean Blundell network. You know, it's kind of you know, they tell me to be me, but you're kind of representing everything, and but my fandom comes out in me. And I think that Patriot fans are having a difficult time letting go that nobody's chasing us anymore that we're all chasing Buffalo. We're all going to be building our teams in the division to, to beat Buffalo. That that's, you know, sort of the, the measuring stick. Now, a lot of Patriot fans who were born in 2000 or 99 and, and, you know, and, and later, we don't know what it's like to be in this spot. So I'm going to ask you someone who's had to deal with mediocrity and had to deal with, you know, a playoff appearance, miss this, that searching for a quarterback is the, Oh, this is our guy. Is it our guy? You know, everybody thought Ryan Tannehill was the guy. Everybody thought Adam Gase was the coach and whatnot. Could you, uh, cause I'm calling this, I got Connor Carney coming in very shortly and we're doing a, a another Patriots therapy session where we just want everybody to, I don't want to hear the bullshit all year of, you know, all this, the, I, let's get it all out tonight. You know, let's have a rage and then we can move forward. So in the spirit, before we wrap this up in the spirit of the therapy session, uh, any advice to give, uh, the Patriot fans on, on what it's like to not be the top of the AFC East. And I'm not talking the guys who grew up in the eighties and nineties when mm. they were the joke of the league. And, you know, back in my day and when I started in the Bledsoe era where, where they were just starting to come into their own, but I had to live through the Pete Carroll era. Can you give them advice? Cause some of them only know the Brady era. They all, and, and then the seven and nine season last year. And now they think Matt Jones is going to be Tom Brady in three years. So could you give a little bit of advice on how to cope? with with not being the team that people are chasing can i give advice i'm like the expert i'm cloaked in mediocrity like that's our milieu we've been living in the in the land of seven and nine for like 20 years you know what i mean like every year we have one year like every 10 years we have one year where we're good couple couple years where we're bad but mostly Ryan Tannehill is like the flagship of mediocrity, right? Seven and nine, eight and eight. We are the lords of that bottom right-hand corner of your screen that says in the hunt. Not really, but we're not mathematically eliminated. You know what I mean? That is my realm. So yeah, it sucks. You're the Milwaukee Bucks of about 10 years ago. So close, you know? Um, the Dolphins of the last two years have been not made the playoffs due to tiebreakers. Like that is the level of, of ineptitude. And like, like even when we're good, we're still not good enough. It's going to be tough for you guys. I spent the morning actually watching all the Patriots games. I watched the first five of your games from this season um, to get a bit better feel. And my concern for you, oh wait, I got to be positive. Okay. My concern is the age especially on the defense, but um, it, oh, and you guys are like, you have 26 million in cap space. You don't have any extra draft picks right now. Yeah, okay. But um, the best way to go about it, I guess, is to just uh, really get into the draft, you know, and that's going to become <laughs> your time of the year. Like Miami dolphin fans, we're draft experts, you know, cause we start studying it in October. Once we get down to Gillette Stadium and we lose 45 to 7, 
you know, like the great game where like you guys were up 35, nothing, you benched, uh, not benched, you sat Tom Brady, Matt Castle came in through one pick six to Jason Taylor to make it 35, seven. And for some reason, Belichick put Brady back in to score three more <laughs> touchdowns, you know, like when that happens, you start studying the draft, you know, that's what you got to do. Uh, you gotta, I'm looking at those free agent lists, you know, like in October, like, Ooh, Taron Armstead, maybe I'll have a quality offensive tackle, you know, like embrace the off season guys. But in all seriousness, I like, uh, Kendrick Bourne surprised me, surprised me a lot. Actually, he keeps making plays. You got those two nice young running backs. Harris is really good. He's not just good. Like, I think he's really good. And Ramondre Stevenson is a nice compliment to that. You still got the middle of that offensive line. I like a wing you. I wanted a wing you badly in the draft. Um, instead, we took the pie-eating contest winner, Solomon Kinley. You can't get off the bench because he's so friggin' fat. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, so you got a core. I mean, Mac Jones, he's probably going to be better next year. Uh, get rid of Aguilar. Get someone else. You need a, a true number one. Um and then I was looking, it was funny because the reason I started watching is because you got flipped out, remember, is because of the use of John o. Smith, right? Yes. And he was pretty, he was involved in the first, at the beginning of the year. They yep. were getting him the ball. They're giving the little, uh, what do you call it, little end arounds. And uh, I, I watched, he scored the touchdown there. I think it was against, geez, because I watched so many games in a row. I think it was against Tampa. He scored in the back, uh, yep. uh, back in the end zone. Yeah. So, like, uh, you got to get him more involved. Henry's uh he's pretty good. Um, you know, so you got some things. You got that you're that tantalizing mix of you know, you got some good guys, you got some not so good guys, but you don't have the the superstars. Uh JC Jackson's good. Uh did Jonathan Jones did he get hurt? Yeah, he did. So he'll be back next year. He was a big loss for them. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna help too. And I liked Kyle Duggar. He struggled a little bit when he plays man against the tight ends. But um, he's good at coming up, rallying, and tackling. So if he can, uh, if he can clean some of those things up and improve, uh, he that that's going to help. But my big thing for you guys, man, get a pass rusher because those young pass rushers, when I'm watching, they're disappointing. You had Judon and not much else. And the big takeaway against the Bills, if you watch how the Steelers beat them and stuff like that, you have to be able to get pressure on Allen by rushing force. The Jags beat them because they got pressure on him rushing for and all they do is chip Judon and then they they pay too much attention to him and no one else is getting home so yeah and I noticed that about I think when we got they got the pages got to the indie game they just started doubling Judon on every play and then that was it no one could, could penetrate Kevin I appreciate you so much for coming on dude I More I think I got to get you here for a long form one day if you if you'd be willing for that yeah, um sure bring you on with my boy connor i think we can have a lot of fun you're funny you're insightful make sure you go give him a follow at kevin gerard k-e-v-i-n-g-u-e-r-a-r-d correct and you got it right it is gerard it is gerard kevin yeah. gerard 13 uh i are uh at talking with ray tweeted it out and i'll tweet it out on my uh my personal account as well kevin thank you so much for coming in man no worries thanks bud thank you that was kevin gerard all right we got connor carney in the waiting room we're going to go listen to our uh hear from our sponsors over at symbol when we come back we will have my former co-host podcast and we will host a second edition of patriots fan therapy and we can all get you can all get all your rage out today
Hey guys, let me just take a few seconds here and tell you about my sponsors over on Symbol. If you've thought about investing in the stock market, but you're worried about making an investment because maybe you don't know enough about investing, or perhaps you're just not ready to put your money into crypto, why not invest into something you know all about, and that's the sports market. Symbol brilliantly combines sports betting and investment into all-in-one place. On Symbol, you can invest in your favorite teams like the New England Patriots or take a long-term investment on teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Show your sports know-how by buying, trading, and selling shares in all of your favorite college, NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA teams. You can also earn money for every win. You can invest in-season or out-of-season. It's up to you. Buy small, sell big. This is not some week-by-week gambling site where you can drop a wager on one game. This is your chance to be in it for the long haul. Be cautious, be aggressive, be a homer. It doesn't matter. Symbol is there for you to find the value and try to make you money. Symbol is offering an absolutely crazy promotion that I think they're insane for offering. However, click the link that I've left in the description and use the promo code DPN and Symbol will allow you to make a completely risk-free deposit up to $500. Use the promo code DPN and your deposit will be risk-free for 90 days, meaning if you lose money, don't like the market, don't like the website, whatever reason, you can withdraw your entire initial deposit no matter what. So go check out what I think is the coolest gambling and investing site in the world. I've left the link to the Symbol website in the description below, so I suggest you go check it out and show the world your sports know-how and how savvy of an investor you really are. Go check out Symbol by using the link that I've left in the description and make sure that you use that promo code and that promo code DPN and make a 90-day risk-free deposit for up to $500. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. Guys, make sure you smash that like button. Tell YouTube that other people should be watching. The more likes we get, the more it works for the algorithm. Do it right now. You got a second. Smash, 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 smash. Press that like button. Hey, and if you want to make sure that you tune in here, make sure you hit subscribe. We are live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time for two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. Talking football with Ray's a member of the Dean Blundell Network. Find our blogs and podcasts over at deanblundell.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to introduce my former co-host of the Dear Pats Nation podcast. You can follow him on Twitter at Connor commentary. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Connor Carney. I'm here for the therapy. On, I'm here for the therapy session. This will actually save me a lot of money in co-pays. So we uh we did this Saturday night, like at midnight, so really Sunday morning. And we oh. did me Chip McChicken, Mike Gann, and myself. We came on for an hour and we just grabbed every chat. We were just like, get it out. And I thought, you know what? There was a lot of people. It was late. They were in bed. It was fresh. They didn't want to come in. So we want to do it again. Uh, I'm going to start with you and then we'll open it up to the audience. I don't want to go. Here's what I don't want, Connor. Yes. I don't want to go through the rest of the season because you know when you're on, we're going to be talking Patriots. That's just the way it is, right? I don't want to go through the rest of the season with, oh, Bill Belichick sucks. Oh, they've got blown out to the Bills. Oh, <laughs> Mac Jones has a rag arm. <clears throat> you yep. know, Mac Jones has a rag arm and the futures in Buffalo and all oh, Belichick defense. And, you know, so I want the chat. I want you. I want everybody to let it out let tonight. It out. We're going to have a therapy session. We're going to let it out. We're not going to judge. We're going to just get it out. And then tomorrow we're going to start fresh and positive. Connor, I don't think that I had a lot of confidence heading into this game. In fact, I was on four different Buffalo Bills podcasts or hangouts. I was on the 
Buffalo Rumblings Twitter space on Saturday morning. Uh, we had guys from Pat's Pulpit there, guys from Buffalo Rumbling, SB Nation was there. We had a guy from NBC. Uh, we had a couple of radio hosts from Buffalo. I think there was nine of us in total who were on this hangout uh, and um, on this space and, and whatnot. And all nine of us said Buffalo's going to win. The common denominator, six to ten points was our score. Nobody Ooh. said it was going to be a 40-point game. <laughs> um, I did not see that either. I'm going to say – I'm going to go on an assumption that you weren't shocked that they lost. I'm going to say you were shocked how they lost. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't shocked that they lost. I honestly thought that they had a chance to win. I really did. I don't know. I'm also delusional and a homer, so let's take that with a grain of salt. But, yeah, I was absolutely shocked that they lost by whatever the final score was. Who even knows? They got absolutely obliterated. I genuinely thought it would be a close game. It would come down to the wire, and the Bills might pull it out at the end. But the the game was completely over in, like, the second quarter. It was absurd. Yeah, I think I tweeted out like with three minutes into the second quarter that I was no longer taking this game serious. I'm just gonna yeah. have fun. I'm <laughs> gonna crack jokes. You and I went on like fifteen a fifteen minute tirade about how hashtag supports bullies. Yes, because- yep, he does. He he likes that. Uh, he likes that Stephon Diggs bullied J.C. Jackson. He likes that the Bills bullied the Patriots. I mean, that's two instances right there of him supporting bullying. Mike, anytime you want to pop chats, if you're doing it, uh, we're good. We can we'll start answering in just a minute. I'll tell you when, but if you want to start picking out some that you like, um, did you, why don't you say hi to Mike? And he's in the way. Should we bring in Mike just to I, say hi? I was I was just gonna say, is Mike taking over for the unpaid intern, McChicken? Well, McChicken Mike, has Mike, officially been demoted. Mike comes in and produces. Mike comes on at eight thirty. You want to say hi wow. to Mike? Wow, hey Mike, good to see you, sir. Welcome. I saw you. I saw you sitting there. I was like, is Mike here? Or is he not here? Sometimes he walks away from his computer. I was gonna say he's doing here. the he's doing the important behind the work scenes, behind the scene work. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mike, you can you hear scenes. us? He's gone. Mike, I just said something stupid. You missed it. G one hundred seven dropped the super chat earlier on. So, oh, uh, he hope, did. Hope, hopefully, hopefully, he heard hopefully that. he's watching. He he comes on just to hear me say idiotic things. So, just by pure coincidence, I found one of our old podcasts the other night uh, when we had Ben on. And, oh uh, yes i saw <laughs> i i tweeted out uh why i miss you so much but i was thinking of having ben on would you if it's if i can't get him in on a monday would you be willing to come in a different day if i could get ben on to come do a long form with us oh come on i, t- I haven't seen or talked to ben in a while hopefully he's hopefully he's doing well ben is mike, a man says, men. mike says i can hear you but you didn't talk back, yeah mike. i was gonna say i saw the chat but i didn't hear anything silence mikey can you talk back I know yeah, you can hear what's us. going on. What's up? We'll just say we we're gonna bring I'm gonna drop you out in a second, but Connor just wants to say hi. I hello. just wanted to say hello. I didn't know you I didn't know you were here producing the show. You're doing big things now. I, I like it. I like to see it. And he's oh, not yeah. on paid, he's on the payroll. Wow. Wow. I am. I told a, you I got money for you. I got it. I just I, I'm I got some shit in the background that's coming through and that's gonna give me money to pay you. So we're holy good. Holy crap. Look at that. You're giving it's not a lot. people's don't, elbow right now. Don't get excited. Well, he fucking left to go. Dude, I already went out and bought a new caja. What what <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike, you were gonna all drop right. you out. All right, thank you. We'll see you at 8 30. That's our boy Mike and producer. 8.30 co-host here every yep, night buddy. on with us for the full day on Thursday. Comes in on the Friday hangout that Connor still hasn't attended, but he pays the Patreon prices, so I'm good with every that. Every time. Every time. You know me. Mikey's works for the show, and he still pay, pays for Patreon. Don't stop, Mike. <laughs> you need that money to pay you. <laughs> Touche. 
I'm a Patreon member for life. Uh, so how's the new job going? Excellent. It, it, it allows good? it allows me to be a Patreon member. Is it actually excellent? Yes. Yes. Good. It's, it's, good. It's Don't the, give details the on there. But is it good? Good. I'm happy for you. You feel rested? I do. I do. You know, I feel can, much better. I was trying to think actually coming in today, and I thought, oh, I could only imagine if I had to deal with Connor two days after the Patriots get blown out in the wild card game, coming off a car shift. You might have been. Oh my just god! A, you would have been a miserable fuck. Absolutely. After an eleven-hour day, an eleven-hour, an eleven-hour day at the dealership. Oh god, I'm, I do not miss those days. All right, I'm glad they are behind me. Uh, we're gonna open up the chat here in just a second, but Connor, I'm giving it to you now. Okay. Yep. Let it out. Whatever you need to let out about this team, about Belichick, about the coaching staff, about the Bills, about anything, let it out because I'm only giving you one chance to be a fucking whiner, and it's right now. Oh, I'm prepared. The The entire team, everybody as a whole, I will give very few exceptions. Truthfully, this isn't even being homers, and the entire team was absolutely atrocious with the exception of our two guys, Nick Folk and Jake Bailey. And I will say Kendrick Bourne as well. Kendrick Bourne played right to the last minute. He had two touchdowns. He at least showed some sort of life. Outside of that, the entire team seemed like they were a walking zombie. I don't know what happened out there. Three people did their job. Nick Folk, Jake Bailey, Kendrick Bourne. Outside of that, nobody came to play. I I don't know what happened, man. They <laughs> they, they didn't even show up. They did not show up coaching. Um Offense, defense, absolutely terrible. Brandon Bolden dropped uh, a pass my grandma might have come down with. And then from there, it didn't really matter. It didn't really matter. They were just never going to come back. Once they were down, they went down three scores, and it was still like that beginning of the second quarter, and this team isn't built to play from behind. They had no chance to come back from that. Which is, it, it's, it just was a, just a terrible game. I thought that they would have at least shown a little bit more life. But, hey, we're on to 2022. Were you mad at Mac Jones? He didn't play great. I mean, the interception, the first one was kind of tough. I thought that he it wasn't a, the greatest throw. If he threw it a little bit further, I think Aguilar would have caught it. When I first watched that play, I thought Aguilar had it. I didn't even realize that it was an interception. At the very first the second when I saw, I thought that Nelson Aguilar came down with the ball. Then I realized it was picked off. And then from there, I mean, the, the second drive, they ran the ball three plays in a row and punted. Then they scored, and then by the time he had the ball again, they were down three touchdowns. And from there, I'm like, this this kid can't come back from this. I, I did not have faith from there that they were going to come back because I did not see them putting up 30 points. And at that point, I knew it was going to take 30 points to win the game. Uh, it was It was just ugly. It was over in the second quarter. It really was. McChicken called the game. It's on. We got the receipts. Called the game after the Buffalo scored their second touchdown. Really? Yeah. Called I it, mean, called it right then and there. I'm gonna say I called it after the third touchdown because I was hoping after the second touchdown, I had faith a little bit that the defense was gonna do something. They're gonna make some sort of play. They're gonna get some sort of spark. Like maybe here comes an interception. They're gonna score. It's 14-7. Now we have ourselves a game. Once they went down 20 to nothing, all they had was that blocked it slash missed extra point whatever it was 20 to nothing I'm like this game plan for the offense is out the window from now they have to start playing catch up already and they need to get three scores just to get back into the game while simultaneously they're going to have to hold the bills three times in a row and Josh Allen was just walking down the field so I'm like they have no chance they are playing for fun 
Connor texted me Saturday night and said, if the Patriots score three touchdowns in a row, this is a game. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they needed to do. They needed to score a touchdown, get an interception, score a touchdown, force a fumble, score a touchdown. You know, then it, Nick Folk would have hit all three extra points. I don't know if uh, hashtags <laughs> listening. He wouldn't have missed one. So then the Patriots would have been winning at that point, 21 to 20. Yeah. Uh, but instead, what they did was they gave up three touchdowns in a row without scoring any. So it was kind of like they did the reverse of what I wanted them to do. And then they, from there, they were really in trouble. So right before we bring the chat questions in, this was, I'm going to say, a much uh, from a broadcasting perspective, and you still did it every Monday. You did it for the first four weeks of the season, then you did it every Monday. From a broadcasting perspective, this was a much nicer year to be talking about the Patriots. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Not even close to last season. I mean, this season we were talking about them making the playoffs at, at week 10, and we were looking at how they could potentially become the one seed or how they could win the division, knowing that there was an astronomically good chance that no matter what happened, how the chips fell, they were at least going to be in the playoffs. Last year we were making things up where they'd win seven out of six games to make the playoffs, and that was going to get them in at a wild card, and they're going to somehow – pull off a miracle from there. And we knew deep down that the season was over halfway through. Well, and you and I really tried to be positive voices through the awfulness of last season. I remember, I remember I was doing the original real math at first, like, okay, if they win five in a row, uh, they're in guaranteed right. they control their own destiny. And then we got to the point where it's like, okay, if they win their next four, uh, Miami loses two of the next four, and this team loses two. The Patriots are in the playoffs. Yeah. Then we got to the point of like, okay, if they win uh, four of the next three games, then they're <laughs> then they're in they might the have playoffs. a chance. Yeah. Then they're in the playoffs. All right, Mikey, man, if you want to drop some uh, put some chats up, we can Connor and I can start addressing it. We can start having a therapy session. Everybody can get out their frustration. I know that I saw the chat as a lot of the same characters we had on Saturday night, but uh, here we go. McChicken says Steve Belichick needs to Ooh. kick rocks. Uh, should have known he wasn't ready for play calling ever since Bill tried getting uh, uh, Greg Schiano uh, to be our DC. Um, so I'm working on a piece like for this right now that's coming out tomorrow. Uh, but I'll give a little bit of a of a an insight. I think Belichick's gonna have a hard time. This is where I, I'm gonna be judging Belichick now. You hold everybody, coaches, players, the accountability factor. Can you hold your son accountable enough and take the play calling away from him? Especially if Gerard Mayo does take a head coaching job. We've heard that there's a couple of different teams that are interested in him. He's going to be interviewing. And I think that they need a voice in there whose last name isn't Belichick. And I've had some issues with the play calling. And I think, you know, Belichick can address all the roster, but I'm worried that he's not going to be able to fire his own son or at least demote him. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, so, something's going to have to happen here. And like you said, I, there's a lot of uncertainty around Gerard Mayo. There's a good chance he's not with the team next year. And then what's Belichick got to do? Because then that would almost be in line where he would have to kind of more be leaning towards promoting his son, if anything, at a time where it looks like, if anything, he should kind of be demoting him or taking away, you know, some of his responsibilities or hiring somebody else and kind of covering up for Steve because it, it's – there was just no excuse for it. I mean, we looked back at the 
game versus the Bills where they lost whatever it was, 33 to 20 in the regular season, you'd think that he would have went back, watched that tape, and been able to formulate somewhat of a game plan where he could have made some play calls to at least somewhat slow down Josh Allen. I mean, in all realisticness, there's there's no really stopping the guy. They have a great offense. It is what it is. But he couldn't find a way to even slow them down even for a second. And I think a lot of that has to kind of come back to Steve Belichick not being able to put out any sort of a good game plan. And well, how, how do you keep going forward with the guy if he doesn't correct this? How do you feel about the Patriot fans who are saying that the game has, has gotten – or Belichick has fallen behind the game? Bill. Belichick. No, I, I, I don't know where that comes in. I mean, some of this stuff, it, 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 they just, they don't have the players, dude. They don't have, they're getting old on defense. The truth be told, I mean, it doesn't really matter. He could pull up a great scheme and he could be out ahead of it and and have great plays. I mean, if you don't have the players there, it's still not going to work, you know. And and the the guys, I love them. They're Patriots legends. That guys like Devin McCourty, Dante Hightower, they just they're getting older, man. They need more speed on the defense. They just look slow. They just look slow out there. All right, Mikey, pop up another one. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It, it hurts me to say, but high is I, done. High yeah, is done. I, I I want him to be because he still had a decent season overall. Not as good as he normally had, but he he's not washed up yet like Big Ben. Like, don't do that to yourself, man. Don't go out there and put on a Big Ben or a, a Peyton Manning in his last season. Like, don't play one year too long and be old and slow. And I I don't want to see Patriots legends go out like that. The way I described it at the beginning was my heart tells me resign Dante Hightower. Right. My head tells me it's time to move on from Dante Hightower. Right, right. And I, I hope that he he ends up retiring. I I think he I think he's gonna be 30, right? Maybe 31, 30, 31, somewhere in that range, which is still relatively young, but not so much for a linebacker. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here with my former co-host of Dear Pats Nation. Hopefully, if we can convince him, I'm going to be the host of Connor Commentary. Right? Connor Commentary? I've never heard of it. You've thought about it. You, you were almost into it last week. Have you changed your mind now? Almost. Almost. And then the Patriots lost by 100. And I'm like, I'm never doing this again. Daily show, thirty or one day a week, 30 <laughs> minutes. You can do it. You I can do it. Do I told it. you, I'd, I'll produce it, everything for you. I could, I could do it. Bringing back memories. Uh, you can follow him on on Twitter at Connor Commentary. He did send a nice message out to all his Twitter followers yesterday. Uh, I think I sent a similar one. It looked like we were uh, copying each other. Neither of us liked each other's tweets, so you know, we just <laughs> it's, fair. it's it's what it is. Uh, David says, "I don't fault BB very often, but not doing something about the Gilmore situation really hurt the team." It forced them into being a zone team, and that's not their game. Mm, uh, I don't know. I don't think Gilmore would have made the difference. I don't, I don't know. I mean, they they obviously didn't get a whole lot for him for the trade, so I kind of get what you're saying. They, they just kept trying to kick the can down the road, I think, hoping that they were going to be able to come to some agreement, which if we go all the way back to like the start of the season, I remember everything that they read was like super positive and they're close and they're going to get a deal done and they're going to sign them and they're both going back and forth, negotiate and everything's going to be fine. And then for whatever reasons, things went south and they decided to get something before they couldn't get anything for them. But it, it, I don't think Gilmore would have made any any difference whatsoever i still think the bills would have completely blown the pads out regardless so 
No, and then Gilmore went to Carolina and he talked about his frustration with how the Patriots handled his injury. Uh, didn't elaborate on it, but I, I think that I saw a lot of people after the trade when Carolina said they had no intentions of renegotiating a salary and, you know, Gilmore comes in, he's like, yeah, I'll play for this or whatever the, the case was. People are like, oh, look, he would play for eight, play for $8 million. I don't think he would have played for $8 million for the Patriots. I think that he would have paid for the Panthers. It was also a year for him to prove that he's still worth the money. And I'm going to say in his time back, I know it was limited and he had to get back into it. He didn't look that great. No, no, he definitely didn't. I mean, uh, I didn't watch too much of the Carolina Panthers this year, but I don't remember hearing his name much. And any time that I did watch him, I don't remember him making any sort of substantial plays or I don't even really remember him being out there. He was a ghost out there. Well, he did have a pick against the Patriots. He did. He did. I remember that. I think that was his first game back, too. It was his second. He had a pick the game before. His first game back, he had a pick, and then his second game was against the Patriots, and he picked off the Patriots. And that was also, I think that pick was like later on. The Patriots had already completely won that game. It was a nice, easy win versus the Panthers. I remember that, though. He He did have that interception. That was back. That's back at the time when we were wondering if, uh, it was AFC championship or bust for the Patriots. Yes, yes. At one point, we did think that while the Patriots went on that seven-game winning streak. Our boy Hanif is here, and he says, we need coordinators who understand this is a young man's NFL with pocket slash mobile plays. Uh, Threatening wide receiver, defensive tackle, linebacker, tight end, etc. It must, it's a must keep Mac. Now, Hanif was getting frustrated with Mac Jones during that game, and he was calling for Brian Hoyer to get in and throw some footballs. At some point, I thought we were going to see the Brian Hoyer and Akil Harry connection there late in the fourth. I was asking him, like, has any team ever benched their starters during a playoff game? Because if anyone was ever going to bench their starters during a playoff game, it should have been the Patriots <laughs> because they were completely ineffective. Um, yeah, the, the, it's definitely a young man's game. Absolutely, 110%. And we saw that. We saw that the Patriots are a little bit older and slower now, and they need to kind of revamp themselves. Wide receiver, they do need it. They need somebody who's who's more of a threat. Kendrick Bourne, you know, he's great. Jacoby Myers is great. But these guys are obviously more number twos, and they'd be even better if they had a solidified number one. A defensive tackle, the, Christian Barmore is going to be great. He's going to be phenomenal. Um, sure, they could they could always use somebody else to help him out there. Linebacker, a big issue. They're just they're a little too old, a little too slow. Tight end, Hunter Henry had a great year. I thought Hunter Henry was very good. Jonu Smith, I don't know. I I have no idea what what happened. I truly don't know. I put that on Josh McDaniels. I think Josh McD. I think if the Patriots are going to make a move, and I know that this is a popular slash unpopular opinion depending where you sit on the argument. I have defended Josh McDaniels over and over and over again. I pounded the table. I've gotten mad when people are like, it's time to move on from McDaniels. I'm like, who the fuck are you going to replace him with? You know, like I've been very strong on it. It's time for Josh McDaniels to go. Yeah. Because when he came out, I think it was, I think right prior to the Jags game. And they asked him about John Smith. And he said something along the lines of, I need to do a better job getting the ball in his hands. Right. I translated that to... Well, I translate that. I translated that to I have no idea how to use John U. Smith. Right. And because of that, it reminded me of Nikhil Harry's rookie year. I need to do a better job getting the ball into Nikhil Harry's hands. And I think for me, it was at that moment right there that it was time to, when he said that about John U. Smith, 
I said, buddy, I can't defend you anymore. Like I cannot defend you anymore. Now, one piece of this therapy I want to get to before we get to uh, Broom Bear's comment here, which is uh, Josh McDaniels related. So we will get there. Did you hear uh, Kev's little thing at the end? Were you here in time? Uh, talking about the medi- mediocrity that he's lived yes. through for the past 20 years. I yes. Did. And asking for funny. him to give us advice. Yes. Have you accepted yet? Because you're, you're an admitted Homer. Like of you're course. not one of those delusional homers. You're an admitted Homer. Are you one of those fans that haven't accepted yet that the AFC East isn't chasing the Patriots, that the teams are building their teams to stop the bills, not to stop the Patriots. Have you been able to accept that yet? I've come to that realization now. Yeah, I, it's it's not what it used to be. I mean, I, I realize the Patriots are kind of turning into what the rest of the NFL has been for so long. They're just another team. They're not like this team way high up on the pedestal anymore. And, I mean, the Bills kind of officially finished the job off. I mean, last year they obviously went 7-9. and nine. Bills won the division for two years in a row. And then that was just kind of the statement on Saturday night was the fact that, there's 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 new powerhouse teams in in the NFL right now, and the Patriots aren't one of them. So they they're they're gonna start climbing back up. So I've completely accepted that the the Patriots are no longer the powerhouse. But as I as I was listening to Kevin, as you were talking there, one of the things that popped into my mind is, you know, what I think it's going to become really real for me is if Miami or New York wins the AFC East before the Patriots do. Yeah. What happens when we get to the point that there's like two teams that win the East before the, you know, and not the Patriots where we were just so used to like the Patriots winning it. And then you had what 2008, the Dolphins won it when Tom Brady was out. And then 09 to 2019, the Patriots won the AFC East. They just, they just, it was everything ran through the East to the point when the bills won the East last year and I was watching their fans celebrate. I didn't understand it. I was sitting there going, it's the AFC's title. Who cares? Right. It was an auto- but, It used to be an automatic. But then you realize when you're not a Patriots fan, it's actually a big deal. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's funny, too, because for so long, years after years after years, just talking about the Patriots going into the season, I would always pencil them in as an automatic to win the AFC's. Done deal. Guaranteed. No questions asked. I mean, from 2010 till 2019, even before that, 06, 07, I always knew that they were going to win the AFCs. There was no question. It was more like, are they going to win the Super Bowl? Are they going to get to the Super Bowl? Who are they going to play in the AFC championship? Are they going to get a bye, which they usually did? And and now it's like, are they going to be able to make the playoffs? Do you think 10 wins will be enough? We went through a stretch where I think we went into the season thinking, who all we thought was who are the Patriots going to play in the AFC Championship game? Are the Patriots going to be good enough to face the other AFC Championship game opponent? Right. Be- because, well, let's put it this way: my daughter was born in 2011. My youngest, she's 10 years old. Up until she was eight years old, the Patriots were in the AFC Championship game. She literally <laughs> thought it was her birthright <laughs> for the Patriots to be in the AFC Championship game. It was basically an automatic. It really was, and it's absolutely absurd to think about. So that that was what eight years in a row they went to the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I, think, I believe so. Eight or nine years in a row. That is absolutely absurd to even think about. I mean, I, I, other teams don't even make the playoffs that many years in a row. You know what I mean? Or have a winning season that many years in a row, and they made it all the way to the AFC Championship every year, making it to the Super Bowl extraordinarily frequently i mean nine times they went to the super bowl it 
Well, it was almost a disappointment when they didn't make it. 2011, they went to the AFC Championship game because that's when they lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Yep. Yep, definitely. The next year, did they go to the AFC Championship game? Was it I, no, was it the I, next year they lost to, to Baltimore? Maybe that wasn't an AFC Championship. I know 13 12, I don't remember. 2013, 13, I think they lost to Peyton Manning in the AFC Championship. Yes, they did. And then 14, they won the AFC Championship game. They 15, won, yep. they lost the AFC Championship game. 16, they won again, it. 17, yep. they won it. 18, they won it. Yep. And then 19 was the I mean, they played the wild card and lost in the, the wild, wild card. card yep. And I think 2012, I think they did lose to the Steelers. I think it was the AFC Championship. So, again, <laughs> yeah, 2011 on, I believe. Yeah, my daughter yeah. thought it was. Yeah, yeah, because I remember making that joke. Like, it's her birthright for the for the Patriots to be in the AFC Championship game. I remember people being like, Ray, you're so arrogant. And I was like, the day the Patriots give me a chance and a reason not to be, I won't be. I'm right. still arrogant, but just not yep. arrogant about the Patriots anymore. And I remember working with a kid, and it was the same thing. He was a, he was a Rams fan. This was in 2018, before the Patriots obviously ended up inevitably playing them in the Super Bowl. And he was like, "Oh, what do you think the Patriots are going to do this year?" And I'm like, "They're going to win the AFC East, that's for sure." I'm like, "They'll probably be either the one or the two seed." I'm like, "They'll go to at least the AFC Championship, probably the Super Bowl." And he was saying the same thing. Like Patriots fans are so arrogant, but I'm like, they've gone to the AFC Championship like seven years straight. Like, why would that be an absurd thing to pick them to go to the AFC Championship for an eighth year straight? And then obviously they went on and won the Super Bowl. How the hell do you meet a Rams fan in Boston? Ah, that's a good question. I forget where he was from originally. It wasn't from this area though. But he isn't. Don't you have to just automatically convert when you get there? I think you should have to, yeah. If not, you should be deported from the New England area. Send you out to Missouri or whatever, wherever they are. I just want everybody to know, too, I was on uh, the Rico Report yesterday, and I was invited to join the Buffalo Bills bandwagon, and I shut that shit down very quickly. <laughs> uh, everybody yeah, needs to no know. No, thank you. No, thank you. So, Broom Bear, oh, uh, Travis Hill says, the season didn't start till the AFC Championship game, let's be honest. <laughs> Pretty much. That's how it used to be, yeah. I mean... You you knew that the Patriots were going to the playoffs. It was a, it was a guarantee. I mean, the season was just for fun. It was to see how many wins they would get. Usually, it was anywhere. Be, usually, it was either twelve or thirteen. They go twelve and four, thirteen and three, back and forth, back and forth, for eight years, and then yeah, they they'd play from there going forward. Broom Bear says he's been waiting patiently. Thank you, Broom Bear. Says McDaniel's needs to leave. He couldn't use Johnu, who they paid twelve million dollars this year. Yeah. That seems like a little bit of an overpay now. Yeah. Yeah. In hindsight, absolutely. In hindsight, that that does not bode well for them. That was a lot of money to spend on one guy and not get, you know, get to ne next to no production out of him. Yeah. But he, we know that he's good. He was good in Tennessee. We know he's athletic. We know he knows how to play the position. So, again, yeah, possibly it is. It's just Josh McDaniels because why else would he have fallen off so steep? It just, it doesn't make sense. I really don't blame Johnny, if I'm going to be honest with you. I don't blame him at all. I, I believe it was completely on Josh McDaniels. Because he didn't even have a lot of targets. He wasn't even looked at frequently. So I, I don't I don't understand. It's not like he dropped a bunch of passes or he didn't know the plays. He or had that like one that. game, I think it was against the Saints, remember, where he was responsible. He, he had a drop. He was responsible for an interception on a tip ball. Yes. Yep, he was. Yep. But I, I can't look at one game against the Saints, I think it was, what, week three or four? Yeah, it was very early. And say like, well, we can't we can't use Johnny Smith anymore. Like, fuck, they kept using Nikhil Harry. They've been giving him chances for three years. So I know. Nikhil guys, Harry, are, the king of chances. Guys, we're with Connor Commentary. 
or Connor Carney here. You can follow him on Twitter at Connor Commentary. We are taking your uh, chat questions as we in comments as we have a little bit of Patriots therapy. I want you to let out all your shit. I want you to let out all your anger tonight because we're not going to spend the entire offseason dealing with angry chats all the time. Travis Hill says no more free agent signings on defense. Let's draft a bunch of rookies and fill holes uh, franchise JC and spend the rest of the money on offense. That's not a bad strategy. Um, I mean, I think they're going to have to get some free agents on defense. I don't think they could not sign a single person. I think they're going to make some signings, but I think that we, I, I've said it from the very start of the, the podcast tonight, they need to get younger and faster on defense. That's one of their biggest issues. So how they're going to do that is obviously going to be through the draft. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they're going to do on offense. I don't know who's out there. I haven't looked at the free agent list yet to see who, what type of big names are out there as far as wide receivers go. But then again, Belichick's, you know, he's pulled off some crazy trades in the past. So maybe that, that'll be something. And we'll see what happens with JC Jackson. I think they probably will franchise tag him. But if they've ever been able to prove that they can replace somebody at one position, it's been corner. They've always found a way to find corners. Absolutely. I'm just pulling up the list here of free agents. This is the top 100 list. Let me see if Nick I can Folk, sort number it. one. Oh, I can't sort it by position. Uh, Devontae Adams, but I think he's going to get franchised. Yeah, tag. that'd be nice. Oh, my goodness. So here's an interesting name that I know people are going to want to talk about. The two names, Chris Godwin and Allen Robinson. Mm, yeah, we'll see what happens with Chris Godwin coming off of an ACL tear. You know, see if th- that probably hurt his value, unfortunately, for him. But I think Chris Godwin still got something left in the tank. I think he's still going to be good. And Allen Robinson had an awful year, but he was stuck in a terrible situation with Matt Nagy as the as his coach. And he's catching passes from Andy Dalton half the season. I'm sure he's dying to get out of there. I'd be shocked if he ever wears a Bears uniform again. So I would be open to trying to work something out with Allen Robinson. Um, Mike Williams from the Chargers. Oh, Mike Williams. I like Mike Williams as well. I don't know I th- if he's the I think guy, he's going to get but... franchised, though. I think he's going to get franchised, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, they will probably find a way to keep him there. He's young as well. Here's a name I know that's going to float up, and it's going to come up amongst the fan base. And I think a lot of it's going to be because of past glory. Odell Beckham Jr. is a free agent. Oh. <laughs> Odell, man, I, I don't know. I don't think it's – he's not what he used to be at this point. I think that's – Finally official. He hasn't really done much with the Rams. He hasn't looked explosive. He's 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 been all right. I I don't think he's what the what the team needs at this point. They need someone younger and faster as well. How about Christian Kirk of Arizona? I like Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk's good. The only issue with with some of these guys is like, are they going to be able to take that big of a leap, or are they going to be another Kendrick Bourne, another Jacoby Myers? So now you have three of them again. Here's a name that I think is definitely going to hit the market. And I think he's going to come out as one of the, probably the third best maybe to come out. Michael Gallup. There's no way Dallas can afford him. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Gallup. He's been good and bad and injured and up and down, but he's got speed, man. We know Michael Gallup's capable of being very good. I mean, I think he's just had, he needs, he needs a new uh, team, new, whatever it is, new change of scenery. I don't think Michael Gallup's going to go back with the Cowboys, but I, I would like to see him come to the Patriots. I think he could really be good. He's still young enough, too. How about Russell Gage in Atlanta? Russell Gage actually had a pretty good year when he had to step up. 
I mean, obviously they let Julio, they traded Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley was out the majority of the season. They didn't really have anybody else to go to. He actually ended up having a very good season. You know who intrigues me? Jamison Crowder. Jamison Crowder Jets. has also been good. Yes. He's been good despite having a plethora of bad quarterbacks, bad coaching, terrible team. He's found a way to be consistently solid. And Sammy Watkins. Not interested whatsoever. Not at all? Not at all. Sammy Watkins that, is always injured, and he's old. I think that one of Kansas City's early offensive struggles was because they had no Sammy Watkins, because the gap between, like, two to three was so big. Right. Yeah, he's he just seems like it's inevitable that he gets injured every season. So Kinkato21 says people want to get rid of Aguilar, but he seemed to do what he was asked. Was uh, this just Ragam not being able to get him the ball down the field? I mean, may, maybe, maybe a little bit, although they didn't they didn't try that often to throw the ball down the field, anyways. But a- Aguilar, I expected more out of him. I thought he was okay. I don't think he was terrible, but I thought he was gonna have a better season. But also it's it's a good question of his one, did they not attempt that many long passes down the field? And two, they did. Was Mac Jones not able to get him the ball? I don't know. I thought Nelson Aguilar did okay. I don't necessarily want him off the team, but it it wasn't it wasn't anything special. So I'm getting a little bit nervous here. This seems to become a a Monday thing. Well, it's twelve you after eight. Blurry. And my Wi-Fi is giving me one tick. Oh, the boy. last time this happened, I eventually just cut out. So hopefully. <laughs> And this show, and last, what a shit show last Monday was. Oh, my God. Between <laughs> Dean No showing me, yep. me just dropping out. I come back to the stream. You're gone. Yep. It's just, it's literally just dead air. I'm on my cell phone on my data outside. I pop my gun on. I'm like, how are you doing? He's like, I got fucking COVID. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> he's, he's got, like, fevers dealing with COVID. I'm like, fuck it. Show over. Good night, everybody. First time ever I debated, like, I was going to call, I was going to, like, message the network and be like, the Dean Bundell network, be like, I don't want to put this audio up on the <laughs> on the network. Just, just what, like. Just bury the tape. And I'll be real. I was not prepared for Dean not to show up. Like, I had nothing. Right. And I think at one point waiting for you, I was just like, this is me killing time. You showed up <laughs> and I popped you in immediately and you look shocked because you were early. You were, you thought there's gonna be some big transition. I'm just like, Connor, thank God you're here. That's what I was waiting for. I was like, what? I was like, what happened? <laughs> and that feels like three years ago. And but it yeah. was last week. And you know what? Again, ago. we didn't have time to do our prediction. So I think it could be our fault that the Patriots are no longer in the playoffs. That's a very good point because I would have predicted that they were gonna win. And, and if I had. We're on record that when we do our prediction, the Patriots have won. When we've forgotten to do it, the Patriots have lost. So we got to take some accountability here as well then. We're sorry, we, Pats Nation. We completely dropped the ball once again. So yeah, Aguilar, it is what it is. Aguilar, it is what it is. I think, it'll be, I think it'll be better. Uh, Kid Boo? So that says Kid Boo says, "Yeah, sign time on Matthew because Devin McCourty gonna retire." I like Matthew. I like the Honey Badger. I think he'd be fantastic in New England. Absolutely. He had some. He had some beef with Kansas City fans this year. Um, that's my only fear because if he thinks Kansas City fans are gonna get on him, that's a good point. I mean, 
he but if he plays well, the Patriots Patriots Nation will love him. But if he yeah. has one bad game, they will be all over him. Bad game, you could have a great game. You had one bad moment. Oh my goodness, I know. If he made a mistake <laughs> in the first quarter of a game, the Patriots won fifty-five nothing. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, but did you see the first quarter, eh? When he fucking uh, let up that reception." <laughs> it's very true. And also, I I gotta say, in the second part of that, I I kind of do think McCourty is gonna retire too. I heard uh, he wants to come back. Oh really? Yeah. Would you All take right. him back for another year? I think I would. As yeah. a veteran safety. Yeah, one more one more year. Yeah, one more year. They, I mean, they got Adrian Phillips and they have uh Duggar. So they're all right at safety. They'll be good. Be good to have McCordy in the mix. He probably wouldn't have to play as much either. Jacob Duell says Juju. I fucking love Juju. I, I know a lot of people don't. I'm a fan of TikTok, so I don't care if he does his TikToks. I also don't care if he dances all over logos. The whole Patriots way, do your job, shut up, don't say anything, is dead in New England anyways. We've seen That's it. True. They do a lot of talking. Uh, Kyle Van Noy sort of set that precedent. Uh, I love Juju Smith-Schuster. To be real, I would take Juju Smith-Schuster in a heartbeat. You know what? Yeah, I mean, it, honestly, all I care about is if they're going to catch the football and make plays. Juju's been good. Obviously, he's hurt this year. Not that it would have really mattered because Big Ben couldn't throw the ball more than six yards down the field. So it was not a great year to even be playing anyways. But I can't imagine he's going to stick around in Pittsburgh either. There's a couple guys out there that I just think they're not going to stay with the team they're current, they were, have been currently with. Thanks for tuning in to Talking Football with Ray. We are live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. We are here with our boy Connor Carney, my former co-host of Deer Patch Nation. You can follow him on Twitter at Connor Commentary. Uh, I can't wait till I have you and Kevin on as a, as a duel. I think that that show, like the two of you, with his dry humor and your humor, I just think I'm just going to shut up and say you two talk. You two have a conversation. <laughs> we can do it. So our big shout-out to our boy Marcus Hanna. Yeah, buddy. Can we sweep these Dolphins in 2022 all because of the firing of Flores? I want that to happen. Yes, sir. I think that they can sweep the Dolphins, and I think they have a better chance of sweeping the Dolphins now that Flores isn't there. If Flores was still there, I'd say they'd probably go 1-1 one and one if they were lucky. I mean, they went 0-2 versus them this year. Uh, I forget what happened last year. 1-2. 1-2. one 1-1, 1-1, 1-1. So... So one in three total. It hasn't been pretty versus uh, Brian Flores. So it's good for the Patriots that he's out of there. Speaking of it, did you see Ryan Fitzpatrick at the game, at the Buffalo game? No. Have you seen the picture floating around? No. Yeah, shirtless Ryan Fitzpatrick in the stands. Yeah, fucking amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Good for him. I did not see that at all. Fitzmagic is amazing. He is. Uh, Chevy on production says, what can New England offer a free agent other than the cash at this point? I, th- so if, okay. So if I'm selling the Patriots to a free agent, let's assume we're talking wide receiver. Yeah. Cause I think you can sell. I think that you can sell a defensive player to new England easier than you can sell an offensive player to new England. I think you have to sell that. We got Mac Jones. Yep. He's a young kid. I think that based on what a lot of his teammates said about him, you need to have Kendrick Bourne sending texts to his boys. you got to have Nelson Aguilar, Hunter, uh, Henry, Johnu Smith uh, being recruiters for the team this year, especially if you're going after like an Allen Robinson or, or, or Chris Godwin or someone of that nature, one of those you know top 10 free agents. I think that you can attract them if you are able to use your players 
you had guys like Hunter Henry coming out and saying it was, you know, the most fun year of football and his best year of football he ever had. You see guys like Trent Brown who say they're so happy to be back in New England. So I think there's a sell there. I think you're trying to sell culture. You're trying to sell ownership. You're trying to sell coaching. You're trying to sell Mac. And I think that your current players have to be your biggest champions. That's how I think you sell a free agent. Yeah, I mean, they, they're going to have to rely on Mac Jones being young as well. That's obviously going to try and be the pitch. I think outside of that, too, the pitch is going to kind of be, hey, we've, we're in a rebuilding mode. We've been in rebuilding mode for the past two seasons. And despite rebuilding, they still made the playoffs last year. They're expected to get even better this year. They're going to be even more competitive. So if last year they rebuilt and it made the playoffs next year, they, they should be a lot more competitive. All right, Connor, we got your first uh draft uh connor profile player profile of the year yep draft john mechie for chemistry with mac yep i i was just saying this i saw a comment earlier people were were asking about the draft already and that this is exactly who came to mind is john mechie you know the the chemistry with mac could be absolutely fantastic especially for when they play together man if they play together and on the same team at the same time and the same offense I think they could do very well from a chemistry standpoint. Who's John Mechie? Yeah, he, he plays uh, football in college right now. For what team? He, uh, the team that... This is an easy that, guess. Come on. The team that just played in the bowl game. There you go. Do you want his uh, analysis? My guess is he plays for Alabama. Is that correct? Do to, yeah. Do you want his analysis? Yes. yes. Let's hear it. John Mechie the third is a true junior wide receiver for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He played with some great receivers during his time at Alabama, including first round draft picks Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, and Henry Ruggs the uh, third, which has taken away from his target share in the past. This year, Mechie the third has been uh, was seen as has seen his target share increase, and so has his production uh, with his best performance coming against the Tennessee Volunteers, where Mechie went 11 catches for 121 yards and two touchdowns. Ideal role, Mechie has the versatility to play both the. Do you say Z or Z? Z. Right? I don't know. No, Zed. When, like, how do you say the letter Z? Z or Z? Z? What do you mean? If I said Z to you, is that a letter? Z? Yeah, Z is a letter. Okay. There. In Canada, we say Z. Just oh, so you know. No, I've never heard that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. We say Z, not Z. All right. <laughs> and then I sometimes get confused which one's Canadian, which one's American. So Z. Uh, Mechie has the versatility to play both the Z and the slot where he can be use his speed and stretch the field vertically. Scheme fit is a spread system that gets the ball to their players. Uh, Mechie will thrive in the offense and incorporates him in screens and takes vertical shots down the field. You like that? From the sounds of it, yeah. I mean, a lot of these things... They sound good. We'd have to see what happens when they actually play together, but it sounds good. They need they need somebody who can do that. Seems like the guys. When you looked at his film, promising. what did you think? Looking at the film, I thought that his his best attributes were running and catching, which is kind of what the Patriots need. They need someone who's able to run at a high rate of speed and also catch the football. They've struggled to do that a little bit. You know, sometimes the people drop the football when they should be catching it, a la Nikhil Harry. You know, so I I think it would be better if they had somebody who could do both. So you'd be you know, so that's that's really what you're looking for is a guy who can catch and run. Correct. Yep. They At have the to be able time? to do both. At the same time. Same time. Yep. Just like uh, Jamar Chase. If if they could get somebody who's identical to him, I think that'd be a very good pick. Holy Jesus! So 
Mechi was born in Taiwan, lived in lived in Ghana and Canada. Wow! Before moving to the United States uh, to attend high school, I want to know. So so he's he's well rounded. I want to know where he lived in Canada. That's leave it to McChicken to know. Yeah, this man is an encyclopedia. Yeah, John Mechi is Canadian. Ray wants him. I love all Canadians. We all know that. That's fair. That's fair. Now he has to come to the team. Uh, I don't agree. It says resign Trent Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I, they need I think to, you got to. They need to make sure that there's they're good on the offensive line. That's one of the biggest things every year. You got to make sure you're set at offensive line. My only issue is that Isaiah Wynn is going to cost so much money this year. Yep. Because they exercised that fifth-year option. How much do you think Trent Brown is going to want to make? That's a good question. How much does he make now? Ten million, eight million, twelve million. He makes Isn't a lot, right? Like eight million, I think. I don't know. I'm I, I, I'm pulling up Isaiah Wynn's money right now. That is one of the issues. With then, when it comes to offensive line as well, is that it's expensive. Yeah, and Patriots linemen just keep getting paid record money. Oh yeah, every time they go somewhere else, yeah. Yeah, I like Trent Brown. Obviously, I think he's a big. I think he's a big deal if he can stay healthy. Obviously, that's a that's more important. But uh, yeah, definitely want to see him. <laughs> Lucas is correct. Haran yes. got to go. There's somebody who we can talk about that they will, should not and will not resign. You don't think they should resign him? Mm, maybe if he's interested in playing for free for the Isaiah win- squad. Isaiah wins cap hit for next year. Are you ready for this? Twelve million. Ten million. Oof. Dead cap. Ugh. You want to know his dead cap? Hopefully, it's like a hundred thousand. Ten million. <laughs> oh god! So he's automatically on the team. Yeah, because they exercise his option. Ten oh, million dollars. They're gonna pay Isaiah Win next year. Yeah, that's painful. Oh man! Wow. All right, McChicken. Do you think that they would hire McChicken to take over as general manager? I think that he could probably do a better job than Nick Azario apparently is doing. So He could do it. Would you do that, Trent Brown, for Brandon Cook straight up? Oh, sorry. I want to thank Lucas for the super chat. I apologize. Uh, yes. do you think that, and I agree would, with his comment. Would you do this trade straight up? Win for Brandon Cooks. Wow, Brandon Cooks, man. That guy is traded every single year, so he's probably going to be traded again. Yeah, let's do it. I think that Brandon Cooks with Nelson Aguilar would actually be huge. Like I think that the two speed, you could have one at Y, one at X, just yep. flying up the field. Yep. You're, you're going to open up the whole middle of the field for like the Bournes. Here's my question for you. What are they going to do with Jacoby Myers? That's a good question too. I want to see what type of price tag he's going to cost. I mean, I think they're going to bring him back. I think he wants to come back, but I don't know how much he's going to want. Uh, Dominic says Trent will be around for three years, 45 million. I can handle that. That seems about right. That's a lot of money. 15 mil a year. Hope yeah, they they they'll they gotta work it out with all sorts of incentives and stuff. Any offensive lineman you're looking forward to in the draft? What are you looking for out of a out of a draft uh, lineman into the draft? Like what out of, what out of a lineman, they they gotta be able to block. But again, this goes back to what I was talking about as a wide receiver. You need to be able to run and catch. When it comes to blocking, you can't just be a pass blocker. You also need to be able to block for the running backs. You know what I mean? You're responsible for creating holes. So I want an offensive lineman who can protect Mac Jones, but can also create holes for Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson. 
cracking cracking i don't know why every draft every every publication in the world doesn't just hire you for your they're, draft analysis they're missing out i mean per personally i would more expect the patriots to reach out and see if they i wanted any input from me if they're open to it if bill's listening i'm prepared to help out for a very small fee but yeah also you know i you you think cbs cspn somebody like that would be calling uh, Devin says, will J.C. Jackson be on the team next season? I believe that the Patriots are going to franchise tag him, and I'm going to put it right now, hot take. This is J.C. 2022 will be J.C. Jackson's final year with the Patriots. They're going to franchise tag him, and then they're going to let him walk in 2023. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I think he is going to be on the team. I think they're going to do just that. I think they're going to franchise tag him, and then Bill Belichick, I, I don't see him paying J.C. Jackson the – at exuberant amount of money you know he can get on the open market i think he's going to go back to the drawing board and try and get another jc jackson in the draft and he's at one position that he's found a way to do it it's definitely corner all right thank you everybody you can close that up mikey thank you everybody who uh threw in your chat sorry to those who couldn't get through to connor I will be on with Mike N at 8.30. We're going to do our Patreon comments, and then we are going to uh, grab as many of the comments out of the uh, the comments out of the chat as we can. As always, we thank Connor for coming on. Connor, we got three minutes left, and I, or two minutes left, and I need 30 seconds to do your outro. I want you to, in one minute, tell me about the idea that I, I think ben, ben Volen put out, just as a wacky thing, Yeah. right? Like you didn't take it like serious, but a wacky thing. But I thought it was kind of interesting. What if the Patriots never paid a quarterback and they just drafted a new quarterback every five years and never had to pay their quarterback? <laughs> um, I don't know. That's tough because I feel like quarterback takes a little while for for them to really start getting good. You don't see rookies really play all that all that often, right in the league right away, even very high up people who were drafted very early like Trey Lance you know even Justin Fields didn't play all that much uh so it takes a few years for them to get going but then at the same time it's at the end of that rookie contract where they need to get paid exuberant amounts of money and now all of a sudden 30 million dollars 25 million dollars is being taken up by one player so you would be able to stack the team up around you but to have that constant turnover at quarterback I don't know if it would be worth it and to keep going back into the draft creates an enormous problem because a lot of quarterbacks that come out of the draft don't live up to hype. They don't live up to expectations. I mean, we're, we're looking back on it now. I mean, I can't even think of most of the names. Baker Mayfield's been okay. Not great. Uh, a lot of other early draft picks, you know, when you go back and look at them, they don't always pan out. So it it's, it's hard. I don't, I don't know if I'd be for it. Connor, thank you so much for coming on here again, ladies and gentlemen. This that was Connor Commentary, also known as Connor Carney. You can follow him on Twitter at Connor Commentary. He was the former co-host of Dear Pat's Nation, the former host of Connor Commentary. Hopefully, going to be the host of Connor Commentary on a different day. Uh, but Connor is with us every Monday from seven thirty till eight thirty. Connor, thanks so much for being here. I'll see you next week. Thank you, sir. I will be here, and we will be in better spirits, Patriots Nation. Thanks, Connor. Later, guys. Uh, that's a legit kid right there. All right, guys, I'll tell you what. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. Hear from my partners and sponsors over at Newsbreak. When we come back, we'll bring in Mike N. And we will have uh, we will start answering the Patreon questions. And we'll get to as many of the chat questions as we possibly can. 
Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak, covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket. So download the app, get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my NFL content for free while also supporting the channel. It's a win-win for everybody. So please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray for the final half an hour of the show. Smash that like button, everybody, and make sure that those analytics are working and tell YouTube to tell the world that they should be watching Talking Football with Ray. If you're brand new here, please make sure you hit that subscribe button. Welcome to the show. Really appreciate you. I am live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. We go 7 till 9 for two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. Talking Football with Ray is a member of the Dean blundell podcast network find my blogs and podcasts over at deanblundell.com ladies and gentlemen i am joined by mike n who i'm going to start i want to refer to as producer mike right now because it's such a great job he does you can follow him on twitter on twitter at mn as m as in michael n as in nickel mn underscore off topic uh we're going to be looking at all of the comments and questions over from the ray route patreon page for only five dollars a month you get exclusive access to me uh anytime we don't have a guest booked at 710 the patriot patreon members are invited to join the show every friday show is a patreon hangout and only guests uh we have are the patreon crew and of course every day patreon members can leave me comments and questions that are guaranteed to be answered so come check out the ray route patreon page over at patreon.com slash dpn sports all the links are in the description and i think it's important to say that mike n became the producer and is now a paid producer of the show at some point um he's gonna get paid i don't know how much yet but i know i got money to pay him um it all started with him as a patreon member mikey how are you man doing good man how are you ah living the dream you know doing my thing here having a good time and uh yeah um you want to answer some patreon questions let's do it let's do it oh sorry my graphic didn't pop up there we go alex says what do you think went wrong for the Cowboys in the loss against the 49ers? Mikey, I'm going to say that the Dallas Cowboys cowboyed themselves. If you recall on Friday night, I predicted one of my predictions was that the Cowboys were going to lose. I said San Francisco's healthy. They're not as bad of a team as people like to make them out to be. They went in hot. And also, if any team is going to figure out how to lose a playoff game, it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys. That's just what they do. That's just who they are. Yep. And uh, sure enough, they lost. Yeah, man, that uh, that game was messy for the Cowboys. Um and a lot of it started with Dak through about three quarters. And I, I think I kind of said it to you on Thursday and Friday. I think Dak hasn't been play, uh, hasn't been playing quite as good as people had been given giving him credit for. It almost kind of felt to me too as if San Francisco was doing everything they could to lose that game, and Pittsburgh just couldn't take it. Or I'm sorry, Dallas just couldn't take advantage of it. Yeah, I mean Jimmy G didn't have a great game. He there there were some really bad passes that could have led to some picks there and some other things late in the game. Uh 
the other thing too of note to me is cd lamb had a couple drops oh my god dude this picture oh my god i love that picture i, I might make that my profile picture to be honest with you i love it so much like you said what is that haircut that's like my douchebag haircut except like it's even douchier yeah the little sides are pumped i don't up. get the side things that's what i don't get like mine at least the whole sides were gone. It was just that douchey slick back ponytail in the back. Like this guy with his like bike chain chain with the Dallas star and douchey haircut, just fucking aw- totally awful. Awful. Dude, I, I just hope no one at a Patriots game has a haircut like that, that because we will be obligated to make fun of you. There will be no home field advantage. No, <laughs> absolutely not. There will be zero home field advantage. Good uh thomas is saying rams or cardinals and i guess that game's started up now right yeah i think they're i what about 10 minutes into it i i chose the cardinals for this game jj uh watt is back as a lot of people know i believe matthew stafford is one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the nfl i don't care if you get mad at me for saying that i think that he gets way too much of a pass for what happened in 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 detroit instead of people putting accountability on him they actually make excuses and saying it was detroit that was the problem and i'm not saying it was all his problem but i do believe that some of that was because of detroit or was because of matthew stafford and i think there was times in that stacked offense that uh there was times in that stacked offense where he didn't live up to expectations. Sorry, guys. I'm just uh, putting the game on. Was that Lawrence? Google cast. What's that? Was that Lawrence I heard? In no, the that was Peyton. Time? That was Peyton. Manning. Oh, okay. Okay. It sounded like Lawrence. I was like, is he live live streaming it? No, no. Um, I'm just, uh, I just casted it to, I just, I had to Google cast it from my phone. Yeah. Um, Chromecast, I guess. I'm actually gonna I'm I'm gonna take the uh the Rams in this. I, I do completely agree with you on Matt Stafford. I'm no Matt Stafford fan. I just think they're the better team. I think the Cardinals without uh D Hop have really lost something. Uh that they've they've struggled to kind of I was gonna say to. and that was my only concern was that it's been a different team since DeAndre Hopkins has left. Yep. And just for those of you who are uh, not seeing the game right now, there's 7.35 left in the first quarter. It is 0-0. The Rams have the ball. They just picked up a first down. It's first and 10 LA. Uh, I'm watching the Manning cast, which I don't know why, because I can't even hear what they're saying, but they have Larry Fitzgerald. So uh, I'll have to watch the YouTube clips of that. Let's get to the next Patreon chat here. Oh, we did that one already. I apologize. I should have deleted it. There we go. Delete overlay. Uh, Next one. Uh, Now talking about the starters, uh, about let's start talking about wide receiver one, your thoughts. So uh, Thomas would like us to talk about possible wide receiver ones for the Patriots. I'm going to leave, put this one to you because Connor and I were sort of discussing all the different options uh, out of free agency. How do you yeah. think the Patriots should address the wide receiver one position? Um, I think they need to assess the talent they have in-house first. I think it's going to depend on if, uh, you know, they can kind of talk to Kendrick Bourne and his agent and see if he can take that step up. Um, 
because I really. What do you do mean that. take that step up, like money? Because I think I think if Kendrick Bourne gets a little better, it could complement Aguilar pretty well. If they but why would you talk to his agent? You got to explain that a little bit more because he's just, already just he's already get just get him in um, into a little bit, um, maybe or not get him into, but kind of see what he's doing in the off season to get himself into mm. a better place. And so I'm not think, saying that he was bad. I just I, so do I you think Aguilar? You think Aguilar and Bourne could be a one-two combination for the Patriots? Yeah, I do. I really like the ball in Ooh. Kendrick Bourne's hands. I yeah, really but do. he's not a stretch guy, though. It doesn't matter. They they've done it without stretch guys before. With Tom Brady. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So if we're talking true blue number ones, I I still like the idea of, uh, and we talked about it a lot in the chat, and there was a lot of chatter about it, but kind of pulling Brandon Cooks away from uh, the Texans to see if you can finagle a deal there. Um, Yeah, Brandon Cooks seems to be a popular one. It also seems to be like that would be an affordable one for the Patriots. Right. That's the thing for me is – you you need to find a way to make the money work this off season, and that's kind of the thing is, who are you going to go get minus somebody who wants to come to the Patriots, which I think would be kind of strange unless they really see something in Mac Jones, um, or some like wide receiver that flew under the radar that maybe would do be- a lot better in a different situation. But that's not generally true of like a true blue number one. And you have the text on your phone that I've documented. I want nothing to do with Calvin Ridley, but I think that's gonna that's gonna come up more and more as the uh Yes, you have see. you did text that a while ago that you were going yeah. on record about Calvin Ridley. Yeah. And you're telling like the wrong person. I'm the one who's like never give up big draft picks for a player. Right. <laughs> you know? No, but I'm just saying that's gonna be out there. Calvin Calvin Ridley is gonna be a big thing for Patriots fans this offseason, trust me, because the Falcons are gonna shop him. He would actually really compliment the guys we have, but it's just the Atlanta thing at this point. Like we've seen what Julio Jones had left. Sanu was a bust. Like I just But how like... old is how old is Calvin Ridley? Oh, he's young. I think he's 26, maybe. I was going to say, Sanu and Julio Jones were at very different stages of their career right. than than Calvin Ridley is right now. And it's, No, I mean, I'm just be, saying I think it's a curse. You think it's a curse trading for an Atlanta uh, wide receiver? Yeah, I think it's a, cur- a curse at this point. So you're going to say you don't want a player over a superstition? Yes. Yes, I am. Third and goal Rams right now, just for those who are interested. Back of the end zone. Touchdown. He's 27 years old, so he is still very young. And he Touchdown, Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, so six, no, six nothing Rams. I don't – and I know Connor's not here, and I'm not going to crap on him, but I kind of don't see what Connor was talking about. I do think Odell has a little juice left in the uh, battery. So I think he has juice left in the battery I or whatever. You know, he's got gas left in the tank. I think, though, here's my concern with Odell Beckham Jr. And I, I think every team is guilty of this, but the Patriots fan base especially. Mm-hmm. It's like when, when the Patriots got Chad uh, or Ocho Cinco, I guess he yeah, was at yeah. the time, Chad yep. Johnson. Uh, I think they're going to be expecting New York Giants Odell Beckham. And right. I think a lot of times we talk about 
players and we talk about, you know, free agents and that type of deal. And I think one of the the things that we always do, I think that there comes a time in people's careers. Gronk is there right now. I think Odell is there. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald in his final season. And I'm like Emmanuel Sanders, those kind of guys. The name carries more cachet than the player at that point. But I think that the cachet that Odell Beckham Jr. brings, there's going to be a high expectation for Odell to produce like he's a $40 million receiver. Mm-hmm. And he's not going to produce like that. And I think that Patriot fans are going to fall out of love with him almost instantaneously. Yeah. And so I see some of the the comments here in the chat. Guys, I acknowledge, first of all, the hype around Sanu was huge. I acknowledge Sanu was never going to be what Patriots fans wanted him to be. And it was more so the fact that he got hurt. You know, we we expected him to be like a Julio Jones when he came to the Patriots, which was kind of, you know, not fair to begin with. But um, well, and of course, well, that's the thing, right? And that's why I always laugh when people are like, rip, they use Sanu to rip on Belichick because I remind everybody what the reaction was to the Sanu signing. Cause I can tell you where I was or to the trade. I'll tell you where I was when he got traded. I was at a conference because I was, I remember I was at a hotel mm-hmm. and I remember cutting a live stream at like two o'clock in the afternoon to talk about it because I couldn't do a live stream that night because I was at a conference yep. and I did that live stream and there wasn't a single person who said we overpaid. There right. wasn't a single person that said he's washed. There wasn't a, everybody was like Super Bowl that confirmed Super Bowl. Julian Edelman, uh, uh, Muhammad Sanu, <laughs> Philip Dorsett. I think Josh, actually Josh Gordon was there at the time. And then I believe it was right after they traded for Sanu that they put Gordon on the IR and then eventually released him. Uh, but we thought it was going to be that three headed monster, quote unquote, of Edelman, Gordon, Sanu. And then yep. after it didn't work, after Gordon, you know, left and then went to the Seahawks, after all of that, all those shenanigans went on, people are like, Lord Belichick, what a waste of time. What a waste of, you know. Yeah. So I always remind people that. Yeah. And then I see Patriots Media's comment here now. I don't know if you remember, Ray, but I was. You got to read really... it. You got to read it. Oh, yeah. Michael Gallup, I would, you know, I would like to trade for him in free agency or grab him in free agency. Rather, sorry. Um, he was one I was really high on even before the Odell thing because they had just drafted uh CD. Um, you know, he wouldn't have been expensive. I didn't think he would cost a high a high pick. I was really high on Mike Michael Gallup when all the initial like Odell stuff started from Cleveland. Um, the only thing that worries me right now is he's a speed guy and he's gonna be coming off an ACL, which yeah, yeah. So we got more patrons to do. So let's cool the chat unless yep. it's a super chat because this is the time that we guarantee the Patreon people and I don't want to run out of time and not be able to answer their stuff. Uh, Alex says, do you think the 49ers could be really good next year? I'll tell you what. Trey Lance, in my opinion, from what I've seen from him early, is exactly why I wanted him to be a New England Patriot. I think that he's a great player. I think that he has the opportunity to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. I will say, though, that I believe 
Mac Jones and Trey Lance probably ended up in the places they needed to be to be successful. I don't believe that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be San Francisco's quarterback next year. Even if they were to somehow go or win the Super Bowl this year, I think that they're going to find, they're going to know that they have to move off of him and they're going to have to start Trey Lance because the athleticism he brings, the calmness he brings, and what he brings to that team is going to elevate what they already have. And I'm going to be real. Jimmy Garoppolo is a good quarterback. Trey Lance in time could be a great quarterback. Yeah, I 100% agree. Listen, and especially if they go far this year, the investment that they made in Trey Lance could look surprisingly good because let's just say Jimmy G takes them to, uh, the conference championship, and I know it's a tough ask. They could get a high pick for Jimmy G still from a, a quarterback needy team, which automatically makes the investment in Trey Lance look that much better. Because absolutely, I don't know how much they're going to get. I think they'll get a second for him. I don't think yeah. they'll get a. Well, actually, hold on though. They might get a conditional first. Like it could right. be a very similar deal to what they did with Cart with the Colts did Carson with Carson Wentz, Wentz to the yep. Eagles. Yep. And totally it could be agree. based around play time too, because I mean, the right. one thing about Jimmy Garoppolo is he misses a lot of time. Yeah, and let's just say they did get that conditional first. All of a sudden, all the sins of midseason for them this year, where it's oh my god, you gave up three first round picks for a guy who couldn't play, which wasn't fair. All that's completely mitigated. Um, so the Rams or the Cardinals just did some weird play where it was like a triple pass and now they got a punt from their own end zone hey did you see uh dallas's like little uh they did like a pass with a like a jump back last night your boy Kellen moore i did it was that was kind of interesting did you like it i did like it Kellen moore's a genius kel i cannot believe they're gonna risk losing him and stick with mike mccarthy yeah, I would have fired McCarthy right after that game and given Kellen Moore the head coaching job if I was Jerry Jones. Do you think Jer- Jerry Jones does the uh, Bob Craft and says, here's a boatload of money, stay one more year, and then we'll get rid of uh, Windbag? They did it with Jason Garrett. Yeah. So why wouldn't they do it with Kellen Moore? Kellen Moore, in my opinion, is like the brightest offensive mind in the game. I mean, b- brighter than Sean McVay, and that's saying a lot. Yeah. Saying a lot. So I don't know why they wouldn't. I think that's an enticing job for anybody to stay into because Dallas, you may not like Jerry Jones control of the team, but that team is going to have way more stability than like a Jacksonville, for example. Yeah. For a little bit, the salary is going to hurt them very shortly. Yeah. And it's going to be tough to win with that team. This was their window. This was it. This was it. Yeah. They and... could, they could cut bait with Amari next year too, guys. Let's not forget his name on that board too. Lou, do you, could you see them cut bait with Amari and re-sign Gallup? Yes. Because yep. Dak loves Gallup. That's the thing. Yeah, I can. I can because Amari's expensive. He disappeared. You know what? Actually, he's been better this year about not disappearing. But I think they had a little bit of a love um, for CD this year. And he, mm-hmm. he has just come up small and big big moments so it's it's kind of tough to say but yes generally i agree with you i i would i would cut bait with amari 
Thomas says, uh, I'm favoring the Rams for the Super Bowl, your favorite. So I was trying to figure out if you meant who am I cheering for to win the Super Bowl or who am I cheering for to win the Super Bowl or who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl? So I'll give you both my answers. The first answer is I'm cheering for, I don't know, the Titans probably for Mike Vrabel. Cheering for Rabel to to win a Super Bowl. Don't want the Bills. Don't want the Chiefs. The the Titans or or the Bengals probably one of those two teams. Uh, who do I think is going to win the Super Bowl? I have a Tennessee Green Bay Super Bowl, and I have Tennessee winning the Super Bowl. So those that's my picks. I have the Titans and the Buccaneers going to the Super Bowl, and I think the Titans are going to win it. You got the Bucks going all the way back? Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to choke again. In the they're going to they're gonna have to play the winner of this game, right? Yeah. These are two, t- two tough games. It looks like the way things are starting, at least the first quarter, it looks like it's a Rams game for sure. Yeah. Yep. All right, we got one more uh here from thomas that says how did you cope with the loss obviously thomas is referring to the patriots blowout loss to the buffalo bills on saturday night and i'll tell you what thomas i did okay with it i think it was better that it was a blowout loss it was easier to cope with sometimes when you have those nail biters when you think about like super bowl 52 and i think about brady fumbling the football and I think about what could have been on that drive, that hurts me more than a blowout. I already started accepting that the Patriots were going to lose that game early in the second quarter. I had friends messaging me saying the game's over after two scores. So I think that it was a little bit easier to cope with. How would do I normally cope with losses? I always try to remind everybody, football's for fun. Just have fun with it. I don't let a loss stay with me for more than an hour or two. Uh, No matter what happens in a game, I have to get up and go to work the next day. So, But when it comes to the Patriots losing against the Bills, uh, for me, it was because the game was over so early, I literally accepted it before the game was over. So by the time the final whistle blew, I was already over the loss. Yeah, I think, uh, and shout out to my boy McChicken, I think him and I were over that game about 18 minutes into it, play play clock time. Uh, I don't know. When McChicken came on for the therapy session, (laughs) he was still a little shocked about the game. I mean, I'm still shocked in the sense that Bill couldn't come up with one stop, if you think about it. That team's effort was just... Let me ask you this, okay? Yeah. Because this is a typical thing that happens. Was it the Patriots' effort, or can we give Buffalo a little bit of credit? Because the way that people have ripped on the Patriots, I'm not saying they deserve to be defended. I'm not defending them whatsoever. But the way people have ripped on the Patriots and some of the comments I've seen towards the Patriots gives me the impression that 
people didn't think Buffalo played that well and the Patriots just gave them this game. I think we got to give a little bit of credit where credit is due. Buffalo played a really good game. Stephon, Stephon Diggs continues to make J.C. Jackson look silly, and he's still one of the best cornerbacks in the league. Josh Allen threw a 45-yard touchdown like it was fucking nothing. Like he just launched the ball from what looked like a standstill, and it just sailed right into the end zone. Buffalo is a good team. They had a rough, rough go of it for a couple weeks. We as Patriots fans should be able to appreciate them as a team and say a team can go through a rough patch and get hot when they need to get hot because it happened to the Patriots time and time again. They'd have a rough patch in the middle of the season. Brady's no good. The team's no good. They were supposed to go far. They suck. And all of a sudden, they just friggin' light you on fire, leave your corpse to burn in the field, and keep moving. And that's exactly what Buffalo did. They're a good team. Yeah, they are. And I I think, you know, we do that a lot, right? The Patriots either play really, really good or the Patriots play really, really poor. And I think Mm -hmm. every fan base says that. Like, nobody ever gives credit or acknowledges the other team. Like, we talk about, like, how we beat Cleveland. We never acknowledge that Cleveland played like shit and that they played like shit basically the rest of the season. Uh, you know, oh, well, we blew up the Jets. Yeah, but let's acknowledge that the Jets were shit. And then you lose a game to the Bills, and it's like, well, the Bills aren't good. The Patriots are just shit. They played like shit. Right. Like, the Patriots played so bad. When, yes, you know what? To be blown up by 40 points, it's a bad loss. However, mm-hmm. I don't, like, I had the Patriots losing regardless. I just thought it was going to be a closer game. I was on a yeah. panel Saturday morning where nine people all choose the Buffalo Bills. Not one outlier picked the Patriots. Everybody acknowledged the Patriots could have a chance, but yep. nobody picked the Patriots because the Buffalo Bills, A, AFC East champions, B, were, the, were one of the heavy favorites coming into this season. So you can't dismiss that. You can't dismiss that coming into this season they were one of the favorites. Yep. Looked like one of the favorites early on in the year had their rough patch, and then fucking flexed their muscles on Saturday when they played New England. The Patriots are supposed to, on paper and statistically, have a better offensive line, and the Patriots' offensive line got manhandled the last two times we played Buffalo. You need to give Buffalo credit. They're a good team. Josh Allen is a good quarterback. He's not Josh Allen of three years ago, you know, now when Brady and the the boogeymen were making him look silly. He's grown. He has receivers. The team is well developed. This is the this is the natural progression of a good team. And in speaking to the Patriots and their schedule all year, they did. They overachieved. They played a lot of banged up teams. I I would say they had one really good quality win against the Chargers. They beat up on an injured Browns team. They beat up on the Jets twice. They beat up on Jacksonville. They did keep it close with some good teams, especially early in the season, which I'll get, I'll give them credit for some of those moral victories. But yeah, you got to show a little bit more. And and guys, the win game, yes, Bill Belichick got you that win, but the Bills were still within about one or two plays of winning that game as well. So well, yeah, I mean, if they convert that fourth down, it's over. They're yeah. probably going to score. So, or if the the ball doesn't take the ball away from Stephon Diggs, they score a touchdown, and it's 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 a non-story. Yeah, I just I find that a lot that we um, 
I find a lot that, and I think every fan base does it, but we kind of never acknowledge the other side. We always acknowledge our side. Right. Uh, just an update for everybody who is not watching the game, tuning in, just listening to us. We appreciate you. The Rams have the ball. It is the beginning of the second quarter. They are up seven uh, nothing. Acres just had a good run. Sony Michelle almost scored a touchdown, and uh, the, yeah, the Rams are leading after forcing. Arizona to punt from their own end zone. I am watching the Manning cast, and their guest is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Nice. So enjoy that. Mikey, thank you, for as always, for coming in, man. We'll see you tomorrow. Yep. And uh, take it easy, buddy. Thanks, man. Have a good night, everybody. That was Mike and producer Mike, as I want to start calling him. Uh, guys, I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed the show. Uh, don't forget, I'm live Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Tune in for two hours of unfiltered football talk and shenanigans. Thanks to our guests, Kevin and Connor. Tomorrow, my boy Lawrence Owen will be here, and i got another special guest coming up, too. Uh, Talking Football with Ray is a member of the Dean Blundell Podcast Network. Please go check out my blogs and my podcast over at deanblundell.com. Go check me out on Twitter at DPN underscore Ray. Follow the business account at Talking With Ray. It's run by me. It's run by Mike N. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash DPN Sports. You can follow us on Twitter as well, Talking With Ray. Uh, become a Patreon member, patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Perks of joining the Patreon. When I don't have a 710 guest, Patreon members are invited to join the show. Uh, they are invited every Friday for the Friday night hangout. The only guests are the Patreon members. And then we also guarantee to answer your co their comments and questions. It's only five bucks a month. Go check it out. Make sure you download the audio podcast over on Spotify or Apple podcast. All the links are in the description below. And uh, you know what? Make sure that you smash that like button. If you're on YouTube on your way out, smash it, smash it, smash it, hit it, hit it, like it, like it, like it. Helps with the analytics. If you're brand new here, make sure you subscribe. Subscribership has been stagnant. Um, we bounce, we lose two, we gain two, we lose two, we gain two. Uh, want to hit that 10,000 mark? We're we're climbing uh, closer to 10,000. We are way over 10,000 over on Newsbreak. I want to hit 10,000 on YouTube. Appreciate everybody who came in. I appreciate everybody who's listening on the podcast. And never forget. You're all legit, kid. Hey, Talking Football with Ray is brought to you by my partners over at Ultra Game. Guys, gear yourself up with NFL and NBA gear from my friends over at Ultra Game. They're one of the largest distributors of licensed NFL apparel in the U.S. Listen, you know when you're grabbing your gear, you want it to be licensed. None of that knockoff junk. It doesn't matter who you cheer for. They have something for everybody. So go gear yourself up today with Ultra Game. I've left that link in the description.
Over 1 billion users have downloaded the free Newsbreak app, getting access to all of their local news and content provided by Newsbreak. However, not only is Newsbreak a sponsor of my channel, they're also my bosses. I have been marked as a top contributor for Newsbreak, covering the entire NFL. So what are you waiting for? Download the Newsbreak app from the link that I've left in the description, and it directly supports my channel. If you want transparency, I'll give you transparency. Every time somebody downloads the Newsbreak app from the link, it directly puts money in my pocket so download the app get unlimited free access to all of your local news and all of my nfl content for free while also supporting the channel it's a win-win for everybody so please take 30 seconds and download the Newsbreak app from the link that i've left in the description Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.